You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. from the bondage of sin. A true disciple of Jesus Christ knows this freedom. A true disciple of Jesus Christ understands this freedom. A true disciple of Jesus Christ lives and walks in this freedom. And he does not take this freedom for license. Doesn't take it to license and do whatever he wants. A true disciple is free from the bondage of slavery and sin. Today, Pastor Dave will challenge you this question. Are you just a follower of Jesus, or are you a disciple of Jesus? A true disciple understands the freedom that comes with walking in the light of Christ. A disciple doesn't just settle with following Jesus. They seek to know Him. Do you seek to know Jesus? Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of John chapter 8, as he continues his message, The True Disciples. of discipleship is abiding in God's Word. Abiding in God's Word. It means to be obedient to His Word or to make a lifetime of commitment to God's Word. Are you obedient to God's Word? After all, discipleship is not a one-time shot. Discipleship is lifelong. Discipleship should start with salvation, and then as you become a disciple, you'll always be a disciple. You'll continue to grow as a disciple. You don't start to become a disciple and go, oh, you know, I've had enough for a while. I think I'll take a break. No, 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 no. There's no break from discipleship. There's no break. Sometimes we wish there might be a break, but there's no break. We must never stop growing in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. We must never stop growing in him. The day I stop growing, I pray, Lord, take me home. I want to always grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I always want to see him in my life. I always want to see him anywhere I go. I always want to be able to proclaim the truth and to show his love no matter where I go. That's what he's called me to do. He's called me there. It's not the guy who raises his hand during a service and then never comes back. Never comes back. Or he loses interest because now Jesus is not meeting his personal needs. That's not the guy we're talking about. A true disciple abides in God's word. And let me take it aside here. This is why Calvary Chapel puts such a high emphasis on teaching the word of God. We do this because we know that abiding in his word will be his disciples, will be one of his, because that's what it clearly says. It's a distinctive of Calvary Chapel. When Paul was writing to his beloved Timothy in 1 Timothy Four, verse 13, he says, Till I come, give attention to reading and exhortation to doctrine. Reading what? Exhorting them to do what? Doctrine. God's word. Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It was the word of God. They continued in the word of God. In chapter 8 of Nehemiah, this beautiful, beautiful chapter, you have a beautiful picture here of what it looks like. A beautiful picture of what we do today here at Calvary Chapel. You remember chapter 8, 
Nehemiah had received the order from Artaxerxes to go back and to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Every family that came with him from the captivity, 70 years, they were given a section of the wall to build. And they all started building the wall together. And they have continued to do that. But every morning, Nehemiah and the leadership would pull all the people together. They would get them all together in front. They would take a platform and put it there. And Ezra the scribe would step on the platform and he would do this. Listen to what it says in verse 8 of chapter 8. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God. They gave sense and helped them to understand the reading. Ezra, standing on a platform. Ezra, standing on a platform, expounding on the word of God, reading the word of God. And then later on in that chapter, it says the Levites went through the crowd and they explained to the people what was being taught. It's expositional teaching. It's what we do at Calvary Chapel. We expositionally go to the Bible and we look at things. And then we try to help you to apply what's being taught to your lives. It's so important. It's so important that we do this. All of us have some sort of discipline in our lives. Whether you know it or not, or whether you like it or not, everyone has some sort of discipline in your life. And it has to do with what you do, let's say, in the morning. The morning you get up when the alarm goes off or before the alarm goes off, you have a routine that you go through. You might go out and make your coffee. You might go out and get the paper. You might take a shower before you go to work. I don't know, but you have a routine. I know you do, because I did it for years and years and years. I had a routine that I did in the morning. What we're trying to say is, somewhere in there, in your system of managing time, we need to put the Word of God in there. You should be reading the Word of God every day. Now, it doesn't have to be in the morning. For me, it works a little better in the morning because I get too busy and I forget later on in the day. It can be any time you want it to be, but it should be part of your routine. When I worked at Wildwood High School, my lunch hour was my time to read the Word of God, and I had 35 minutes of peace. Shut the door, lock it, pull down the shade so none of the kids could see me in there, and I would sit there and read and eat my lunch and study the Word of God. It was my time, mine, and the Lord. It was wonderful. So I got that. So it wasn't early in the morning. I'd like to do it early in the morning, but it doesn't always work out that way. So you need to have something. Each person needs a time of studying the Word of God. Why? If you don't have a steady diet of the Scriptures, I can guarantee your life is like a roller coaster. Click, 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 click. Up and down. Up and down. If you don't have a steady diet of the Word of God, you're like you're on a roller coaster and your life is going up and down, up and down. And I'm talking about life in a spiritual perspective. In a spiritual perspective. I'm talking about life in a spiritual. The problem some of us have is we go to church on Sunday, we get fed, then we starve ourselves all week. We absolutely starve ourselves all week. Now, if you did that with physical food, some of you would be dead or you'd be bloated because of the starvation. We need to have a consistent time in the Word. And this is what Jesus is saying. That's what abiding in the Word is. Jesus is telling his followers that they need to be true disciples. And discipleship begins with faith, and faith which is strengthened by your time in the Word and then our obedience to it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God, Romans 10, 17. Why? Because as you spend your time in the Word, you will grow in the grace and knowledge of God. 
As you spend time in your word, you will know who he is better. You will know what he expects of you better. You will know how to conduct yourself better. You'll know those requirements that he is placing on you as we read and read and read and read. Now, can anything be easier than developing a habit of spending time with God? And you're probably thinking, well, no, nothing's that easier at all. Okay, let me tell you about my adventures in the morning. I get up, go out, get my coffee, sit down, turn my light on, and want to read my word. And it's at that time that this four-legged thing comes out and jumps in my lap. There, you're going to have distractions. There's going to have distractions. The phone rings. Something happens. You mistakenly turn on the TV, and all of a sudden you get drawn into what's on TV. Things happen. It's difficult. Paul said, I discipline my body. We must discipline ourselves. We must discipline ourselves as you do it. That's why we have these um, read through the Bible in one year. Now, what we can't do, what we cannot do is make it legalistic. Oh, I missed a day. I'm going to hell. No, don't work that way. No. Don't put yourself under that bondage because guarantee you're going to miss a day. Guaranteed. So don't put yourself under that. Just Read on the next day. You know where you left off, you read. And if you miss several days, you're going to feel it. I was a runner for a long, long time, and I enjoyed running. And, man, I tell you, I would get into the zone, and I would be running, and when I missed a day of running, it would tear me up. I would be crazy because I wanted to run. I'm sure you understand that. Those of you who do exercise all the time and, and are involved in that, you miss a day, and it's like, oh, my gosh. You know, and it really, so that's what reading the Word should be. When you miss a day of reading the Word, you should feel left out. Oh, man, I missed something. This is a love letter from God. It's a love letter that God has given you and wants to expound this knowledge to you. And when we don't constantly read it, if you had a spouse or someone who was away in the army and they wrote you a letter every day, you would love to read that letter, wouldn't you? You would love to read and see what it says. Well, here you have these beautiful pages that God has written to you that the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you about. So we need to be ever consistent in reading the Word of God because there's a fringe benefit. There's a fringe benefit. It's called spiritual freedom. It's called spiritual freedom. And this is the type of freedom that Jesus is talking about. When we read verse 32, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's a spiritual freedom. A true disciple knows Christ's truth. A true disciple, because you know Christ's truth, you are freed from sin. You're freed from the bondage because you know this truth. So this is the second key to being a disciple. The first one was abiding in his word. The second one is knowing Christ's truth. Here we have Jesus is talking to his disciples. And it includes all those that put their faith of him back in verse 30. All those that are still hanging around, his regular Followers, and he's telling them that they can experience freedom. They can experience freedom from the bondage of sin if they abide in his word. The word free here sparks off another controversy. Just what Jesus needs, right? Another controversy. When they say free, it sparks off another controversy. Look at 33. They answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, reading this, you run into a small controversy. There seems to be a bit of confusion about to whom Jesus is speaking. Is he speaking to the ones that he just talked about, the ones that believed in him in verse 30? They think not. Most scholars believe that the 
Scribes and Pharisees have weaseled their way in, and they're the ones that are saying this. They're the ones that are saying, hey, we've never been a slave to anybody. What do you mean the truth will make you free? See, they don't understand what he said, but they respond by saying, we've never been in bondage to anyone. This is one amazing statement if you know the history of Israel. This is an amazing statement. We've never been in bondage to everybody. Hmm. Did you forget the 400 years in Egypt? Hmm. Did you forget that? That little small thing where you were slaves to Egypt? Why did they say that? The Jews were all about being free. In fact, you'll find that they were very stubborn and independent people. In fact, Stephen, when he, right before he was stoned, called them stiff-necked. I love that. But ever since God rescued them from Egypt, they rebelled and they complained. God wanted to chart their destiny into heaven, but they rebelled against anybody who would rule over them, including God. So he didn't free them so they could be on their own. He freed them so that they could be his people. Remember the verse? They will be my people. I will be their God. He freed them for that. He freed them to have relationship with them. Christ didn't free you from the bondage of sin so that you could go off and do whatever you wanted. He freed you from the bondage of sin so that he could fellowship with you. You can fellowship with God the Father. That's why we were created, for him's pleasure, to fellowship with him. That's what he wanted. It was sin that kept us from fellowshipping with God. And since Israel didn't want to belong to God, the Lord put them under worldly kings and kingdoms. And even during Jesus' day, they were ruled by the Roman Empire. And they were mean. They were tough. They were vicious. So it's crazy. What do you mean we've never been free? <laughs> in spite of that captivity and even their slavery, the Jews put a tremendous value on being free. We do too in this nation, don't we? This nation, we have a real big value on freedom. Freedom of speech. I can say anything I want whenever I want. Freedom to carry a gun. We have all these freedoms, the Bill of Rights. We have all these things, and we're really harsh on these things, and we want these things. These are part of our inheritance. It's part of who we are, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. We've been given these freedoms. The Jews knew that their birthright included freedom. So they said, we're no man's slaves. This is fundamental to their creed. Sometimes I feel really bad for Jesus because he looks at him and goes, oy vey. <laughs> He's talking about physical? No. He's talking about spiritual freedom. They're talking about physical freedom. The definition of truth is spiritual reality. If you look up the definition of truth, one of the definitions is spiritual reality. That's what Jesus is talking about. A spiritual reality of being free from the bondage of sin. A true disciple of Jesus Christ knows this freedom. A true disciple of Jesus Christ understands this freedom. A true disciple of Jesus Christ lives and walks in this freedom. And he does not take this freedom for license. He doesn't take it to license and do whatever he wants. A true disciple is free from the bondage of slavery and sin. Once again, these people thought that Jesus was the great rescuer from Rome. They believed that he was going to kick Rome out and set up his kingdom. Well, he will one of these days but not at this time. But what they in the entire world really need is not someone to take over the government. They need a rescuer for their souls. They need to be free, free from the sin that so easily ensnares them, from the bondage, from the yoke, the weight, everything. Look at verses 34 and 35. 
Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. And a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Jesus clarifies what he said in verse 34. He says, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. He wasn't talking about political bondage. He was referring to the bondage of sin. And he uses that beautiful word, doulos. Doulos means slave, but it means a person who chooses to be a slave. What freedom do we have from sin? The freedom not to sin. In Christ, I have a freedom not to sin. When I was a slave to sin before Christ, I didn't have that freedom. I had to sin. It was my nature. But now I'm born again. Behold, all things are new. I'm the new man. I'm the new creation in Christ Jesus. I have a choice not to sin. I've been given that freedom. I've been given that freedom. A sinner is a slave to sin. We know that. They knew that if you were a slave, you were a slave until you died, unless someone sets you free. And if you had a cruel master, you're like a tool in their hand. They could do whatever they wanted with you. They could sell you. They could kill you. Whatever you want. But when the son sets you free, the son is family. The son of the owner is family. And he can set them free. Remember, Jesus called himself the son of God when he claimed God to be his father. When he called God to be his father. As slaves, when we're freedom from sin, we've experienced this. We're completely now forgiven, and we're free from all sins, past, present, and future. We're free. We have the freedom that Christ brings. And yet, when I face this, I don't look for the punishment that exists because I'm free from that. When Christ said it is finished, it is finished indeed. I'm free from the punishment of sin. What is it? Death. The wages of sin is death. Now, I might not be free from the consequences of sin as we're going to study David, but I'm free from the penalty of sin. The penalty of sin was death. I'm free from that. The cross was the ultimate payment for sin. We just took communion and talked about that. How would anybody add something to the cross? How could anybody add something what God has already done on the cross? If anybody ever comes to you and say, well, you know, this is fine, but you have to. No, no, no. Only Christ is the forgiver of sin. Nothing else. Only Christ. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Don't be looking for that other. It's not Christ plus. It's Jesus, only Jesus, and nothing but Jesus. Don't look for other things to add to it. Well, if I pray more, he'll like me more. No. God will never love you any more than he does right now. You can't buy God's love can't buy God's love. We are dead to sin, and we are alive in Christ. That's what Paul says in Romans 6. But then Paul tells us in Romans 6 that this flesh is going to rear its ugly head. This flesh is going to rear its ugly head and want to take us down a path that we don't want to go. I'm going to reckon the old man dead. We're reckoning that flesh dead, dead to sin, alive to Christ. That's our new position. So Jesus gives his listeners two keys to discipleship. Abide in his word and know the freedom of Christ. Now he offers them the final key. This final key is extremely important. It's called possession of that freedom. It's one thing to know the freedom. It's one thing to know it here. But do you possess it? Do you have that freedom in your heart? 
A true disciple possesses the freedom that Christ gives. Look at verse 36, a beautiful, beautiful, very popular verse. Therefore, because of everything else Jesus just said, therefore, because of everything else that he just said, if the Son, capital S, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Free indeed. And indeed simply means truly free. Truly freedom. And here Jesus offering real freedom to those who are captive in sin. And this is the freedom from the power of sin. It's freedom from sin's guilt. Freedom from the wages of sin, which is death. It's freedom from every burden of sin. And it's freedom not to sin. The freedom that whatever we want to do, we can do. It's freedom to do what God wants us to do. It's genuine freedom. Because we're doing what we know we should do. How are you set free? By the Son. We are set free by the Son on a cross. Without the cross, there is no freedom. He went to a cross for us, the only Son, by the Son. How does the Son set us free? By the power of the cross. On the cross, Christ took our sin and put it upon His shoulders Himself. I can have that freedom. I can believe that in Jesus Christ and his true freedom. I possess that freedom, and it becomes the third key to discipleship. Let me read this Guzik quote. Quote, the point is clear. Freedom does not consist in the word freedom or in words, but in a relationship to Jesus Christ through abiding in his word and being his disciples. We are truly disciples of Christ. You want to be true disciples? You want to have a true discipleship feeling? Abide in his word. Know the truth and possess the truth. Then you are free indeed. So I have to ask you again this morning, do you abide in God's word? Is God's word a part of you? Do you carry it in you? Do you carry it with you? Are you so enamored by God's word? Is it just something that you really love to look at and to read and to study? Is it part of you? Does it, does it dwell in you richly? Do you know the freedom that Christ gives? You know the freedom that Christ gives you, the freedom not to sin, the freedom from guilt, that freedom that you can't buy, the freedom that everybody out in the world is trying to search for and are paying big money to be free from this. And they're using the wrong things. They're using drugs and alcohol and sex, trying to be free. It's free love, man. They're trying to be free. They have been only set free by Jesus Christ. He's the only way. And if you know that freedom, do you possess it? Is it yours? Can you say, yes, I possess that freedom? If you can, you're a disciple. You're his disciple. Now continue in discipleship. Don't stray from the path that you've started traveling on. Don't look to the right or look to the left. Look straight ahead and do not look back. Continue in God's word. Continue abiding. Continue possessing and walk in freedom. Walk in freedom. This is the possession, and this is the freedom that Christ wants to give you today. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. You are a sure The book of John covers Jesus' life and ministry here on earth, but the book begins long before Jesus was born in a manger. He existed with God the Father from the start, so many other religions have some figure they look to or commemorate, but none of those mere men accomplished what Jesus did. 
Jesus came as a man and died, but then he came back to life because he's God. No other man can claim that remarkable feat. Only God could do this, and therefore, the only true one to follow is Jesus. What might be holding you back today in believing all that God says he is and does? If you have some questions you'd like answered, we'd be happy to try and answer these questions or pray with you about what's weighing on your heart. Please don't hesitate to call us at 609-884-5821. Again, that number is 609 609- 884-5821. Keep looking to scripture for answers and know that we care about the journey you're on. We're so glad you tuned in to A Sure Hope today. You can hear more messages like this one from Pastor Dave at our website. Just click on the messages tab when you visit assurehoperadio.com. We'd love to meet you too. Find out how you can join us for worship at Calvary Chapel Cape May by visiting assurehoperadio.com. You'll also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Links for both are at assurehoperadio.com. There's more to learn from the book of John next time, so be sure to join us again on another edition of A Sure Hope.